like you said, a, a lot of it's normal when you care about something and when you're performing at a really high level to feel anxiety and, and some maybe more than others. And I definitely, um, you know, I feel the same way and where I want to put out inspiring and helpful things out in the world. And I know that a lot of high performance athletes or, you know, speakers or, or, you know, something where there's high stakes or something you just care about a lot, there's going to be uh, everyone experiences anxiety. And, um, you know, for me, I think it, it just hits really close to home because, because uh, I feel anxiety, you know, maybe at a really heavy level. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bounce Forward Podcast. I'm Michael Leach, author, speaker, and coach. And in this show, I sit down for unscripted conversations with audacious athletes, activists, adventurers, and performers, sharing their inspiring stories of grit, grace, courage, and perseverance. These casual conversations are as diverse as our guests, diving deep into what it takes to bounce back from injury, illness, or setback in pursuit of becoming one's truest and strongest self. So pull up a chair, get on the trainer, or just kick back and listen in as I sit down with these bold, daring, and passionate humans, pushing the limits of what their mind and body can achieve, inspiring listeners to bounce forward with resilience and fortitude. Don't call it a comeback, because they never went anywhere. To bounce forward. To bounce forward. To bounce forward. Yeah. Welcome to episode four of the Bounce Forward podcast. I'm so excited to bring you part two of the rise of Gwendolyn Gibson. We're still getting rave reviews and tremendous feedback from episode one. If you listen to part one, you'll know that Gwendolyn is a likable, high character, thoughtful, and exceptional young person who just so happens to also be one of the fastest women in the world on two wheels, riding for the tremendous Trek Factory Racing Team as a UCI Elite World Cup mountain biker. And if you haven't listened to part one, I highly encourage you to do so. In part two of our conversation, we really take a deep dive into hot-button topics like mental performance, performance anxiety, depression, and the importance of rituals and routines to ground us, especially when the stakes are high. You're really going to get to know Gwendolyn, the writer, the thinker, and the person even more deeply in part two. I really respect and appreciate the vulnerability in this episode, and I'm confident that listeners will come away from this one feeling inspired and buoyed up by this conversation. She's here to aspire and inspire. She's thoughtfully working to become her strongest and truest self, and she's on a mission to make a difference in this world while lighting the World Cup mountain bike scene on fire. And we're really going to show the world who Gwendolyn is and what she's about in part two of her story. I have to share a little side story before we dive back into the deep end with Gwendolyn. We've been working really closely together these last couple months, and on Saturday of last week, I awoke early to a text from Gwendolyn with no words, just an image of her on the top of the podium, first place, in the first UCI-sanctioned short track of the season in Puerto Rico. 
And then before bed the next night, I received a text from her about flatting out near the end of the race, but pushing through. And it was accompanied by a video of her shaking up a can of something bubbly with the rest of the ladies, again, atop the podium, this time in the XCO longer format race. Two for two. She's off to a fast and strong start to her 2023 season. We're not going to win them all. That's just not how this game of life works. And it's certainly not how the sport of professional mountain bike racing works. But one thing that's certain about Gwendolyn is that she's going to show up. She's going to bring that steady, strong, and thoughtful approach to whatever she does. And she's always going to give herself a shot at popping one off and showing out. Let it fly, Gwendolyn. Let it fly. I hope you all enjoy this episode. And if you would, I'd be grateful if you'd give us one of those five-star reviews on your favorite listening platform. It's simple, folks. Just click on that fifth star and make a contribution to the cause. And if you really want to go the extra mile and write us a positive review and subscribe, I'd be grateful and honored. As this is how we're going to keep growing this podcast and bringing you these inspiring stories of endurance and perseverance. So you, the listener, can become your strongest and truest self. Let's get back to it. Part two of The Rise of Gwendolyn Gibson. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll catch you at the end of the show. With all the success you had in 2022, um, I'm curious what your goals look like for 2023. And, and you certainly don't have to, have to mm-hmm. sh- share them all, but I imagine you have a range of goals this season. Um, wondering if you'd touch upon that yeah. with us. Yeah, I have some position goals, but I try not to focus on that too much. I would really like to be a consistent top 10 rider because if I think that if I can be consistently in the top 10, then I'm likely to have podium days because I think that if you can finish 10th in a World Cup, you have the capabilities mm-hmm. of finishing on the podium too. It just depends on when things are lining up for you. Does your body feel good that day? Is your mind good that day? there's a lot of other factors that come into play. So just if I can start being, you know, a consistent, you know, I finished in the top 10, but I want it to be a consistent flow. And then I have these goals that are going to help me get there. So that means, you know, showing up for my training every single day and being 100% present in my training. That means, you know, I'm doing everything I I need to do to be, yeah, I'm, I'm completely locked in. I can do you know, my activation and my warm up before my ride and my rides, I'm not just getting through the ride, but I'm, I'm, I'm present in my training too. And I'm, and I'm, you know, riding in my right zones and I'm Mm. enjoying being out on my bike Mm -hmm. and, and then I'm getting home and I'm doing everything I can to recover and absorb those trainings to the fullest extent. So I'm stretching and rolling out and, and, um, getting my rest and fueling myself properly. I think, I'm putting my goal is to put a lot of emphasis on uh, the little things, but a lot of little things that will come together and be really big. Um, So I think that's, those are really my main goals. That all sounds very, you sound very grounded. I'm so impressed with your groundedness, with your mindfulness, with your uh, present uh, intentional uh, nature, uh, but, but how, how focused you are. Um, I, th- I think that's, uh, it's, it's unique. 
it's unique for for I think any we're all striving for that. But at, at 23, I think yeah. it's, it's incredibly impressive. Um, you know, I, I know we've talked about this one on one, but I'd love to explore uh, the topic of performance anxiety. I know that it's something you're you're aware of. You're, it feels like you're an advocate for. And um, I think you know managing pressure mm-hmm. is something we talked about last night. Managing anxiety and pressure is a big part of performing. And, and it, it doesn't yeah. matter, as, as I said last night, if I'm given an unpaid talk to a high school, I'm still going to want to show up mm-hmm. and, and add value. I want to add value. I want to be an inspirer of people. That's my mission, be an inspirer of people. I want to use this platform, the speaking, the books, the blog to inspire and uplift people. Um, you know, before I post a, mm-hmm. a blog, before I post something on Instagram, before a presentation, I try and ask myself, okay, is, is this, is what I'm sharing today, is it going to add value? Is it inspiring? Uh, yes. is, is it, is it, uh, is it uplifting? And will it make people think? And is it storytelling? Yeah. It, it, hopefully, hopefully it's going gonna, it's gonna to check all those boxes. But when I'm giving a presentation to a high school, I'm going to have some nerves because it matters to me. And then as I, yeah. you know, I go give that talk at the win where I'm getting a big, big payday, a big keynote. Now there's more nerves. Now there's more pressure. Mm-hmm. Now I'm giving the TED talk. There's more nerves and more pressure. And so I feel like, yes. you know, that, that pressure, that anxiety is just a part of of being a performer. It's a part of performance, but it ramps mm-hmm. up. It ramps up the higher level we get yeah. to. And and as far as you, you're performing at the highest level you possibly can on a mountain bike. So I, I'm curious mm-hmm. what kind of anxieties and pressure you felt this past season, um, and and how you feel like you were able to manage those emotions. Uh, so well to continue to show up and show out and perform with so much consistency uh, weekend after weekend. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, like you said, a a lot of it's normal when you care about something and when you're performing at a really high level to feel anxiety and, and some maybe more than others. And I definitely, um, you know, I feel the same way and where I want to put out inspiring and helpful things out in the world and I know that a lot of uh, a lot of high performance athletes or, you know, speakers or or, you know, something where there's high stakes or something you just care about a lot. There's going to be uh, everyone experiences anxiety. And, um, you know, for me, I think it, it just hits really close to home because because uh, I feel anxiety, you know, maybe at a really heavy level. And and, you know. I'm not ashamed to say, you know, I take, I take medication to help me with my anxiety. And I think, you know, it's, it's important to put it out there that it's normal to feel that. And, and if you're feeling it in a really heavy way that you feel you can't get under control, it's okay to reach out and get help for that. Needing extra help doesn't make you any less strong. I think, I think it actually makes you really brave to be able to ask for help and, and be able to say, oh, this is something I need to fix. And, and um, so I need to take steps to, to help relieve this, this pressure I'm feeling and, and, um, and that's okay. Yeah. So, and so I've, I've spent a lot of time uh, working on ways that, that I can relieve that anxiety that I feel, because I think I, I think I'm just very, 
passionate in the things I pursue. And so I, I just feel so strongly about them. And so sometimes that just, that, that leads to a lot of anxiety for me because I want them to be perfect. I want it to be perfect. But I think, um, I think part of what my growth and why I've been able to, um, you know, control that anxiety a little more is learning how to accept things not being perfect, accept your failures, because that doesn't, having a few losses doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means you're normal, like everyone else. And you can't win all the time. And, and uh, um, so yeah, it's something, it's something I, I hope, uh, you know, people can talk about more. So, Mm -hmm. so that way, you know, you don't feel like you're the only one struggling with that. And, and that can make it easier for you to say, I need to, I need help, you know, uh, because a lot of people struggle with this. And I know a lot of, a lot of, uh, the women at this level in my sport, a lot of my competitors, uh, resonate with that as well and feel the same things, but maybe not everyone is as comfortable talking and sharing that. But I think, uh, it's, it's really nice for, you know, the, a younger generation to maybe someone will hear me say, oh, I struggle with anxiety. I, I got on medication. I got help. I identified ways to relieve that. And maybe that'll inspire them to, to get help with what they're struggling with and, and that it's okay to struggle mentally. Um, but it's important that you address it and, and get the help you need. Yeah. You, you- first of all, thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's something I can promise you is going to help your courage, your willingness to dance with vulnerability and and sometimes the demons Mm -hmm. that that come with being vulnerable. Um, yeah, it it Mm -hmm. just, it's such a demonstration of courage and character. It's, it's what it looks like to me to be audacious, to be bold, to be courageous, to be uninhibited, yeah. lively, unrestrained, without restriction of prior ideas. And I can tell you for anybody struggling with anxiety, and as you, you as you gracefully spoke, and it was apropos, you said everybody in a performance environment deals with some level of anxiety and pressure. And some of us deal with more than others. As we said last night on a call, this just means you care. And I believe you care deeply. I, one, one of the things I, I've, I've done a lot in my books is writing about uh, my autoimmune disorder, which is something I really struggled with, you know, because it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, especially when I was younger in college, getting diagnosed with a basketball player, you know, it, 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 mm-hmm. it, it felt quote, you know, soft, you know, people didn't, people didn't get it. The migraines, I used to hide the migraines because, you know, people didn't mm-hmm. understand that. Um, and, and, one of the things I spoke to my counselor about because, you know, he would say, as far as your passion, front of the hand, back of the hand. Remember that one, pluses and minuses. There's pluses and minuses to everything. And the, the pluses to your passion and going all in far outweighs any of the minuses. But the minuses is because I'm wired that way too. I'm wired that way too. And it creates mm-hmm. uh, more 
opportunity to have anxiety and to feel pressure, oftentimes that we're putting on ourselves. I, I write in the Beyond yeah. Anxious book, and I speak about this quite a bit. I call it piece of shit itis. Like I had this really bad <laughs> case of what I called piece of shit itis as a kid because I, I didn't get diagnosed with this learning disability till I was dyslexia till I was seventeen. You know, I was reading at a third grade level yep. when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And and, so, th- and that's the same way. Like I, I didn't realize that I had anxiety until like, I didn't start uh, actually treating it properly until I was in college. So mm, I just yeah. thought, I, I just thought something was wrong with me mm-hmm. and I didn't yeah. know why I, you know, felt these intense emotions and same as same as you, I just, I just assumed, yeah, there must be something wrong with me then. Well, I, I, <laughs> but it's, yeah, there, there's, there's something very right with Gwendolyn Gibson. Um, you know, we, we all need, we all need help. We all, we all need help in, in, in mm-hmm. one way or another. We've all got our, I certainly didn't win the genetic lottery, uh, when it comes to the autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. the learning disability, a clotting disorder. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a mission of mine through my writing to destigmatize depression. You know, I've fought some real waves of depression mm-hmm. with my with my injuries. My my counselor in college, when I started seeing a counselor in college, yep. said that I had medicated myself. She thought I was a little predisposed to some 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 uh, aspects of depression, and that the reason I hadn't seen it is because I had medicated myself with exercise. And I still, to this day, I mean, that's yep. that's my that, that that's that's my go to medication. But I write about my experience with antidepressants. I write about my counselor a lot. My counselor, I mean, I start this podcast Mm -hmm. with my words from my psychologist, my counselor. He's in my TED Talk. He's a main character in my third book. He's in the dedication to my second book. He's he's, he's somebody I quote often in the second book. And and when we sat and talked about whether I was going to do that or not, he said, you know, you're opening yourself up here a bit by by doing this. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I I want to be a part of this wave of people, a generation that destigmatizes this stuff, you know? Um, yes, so, absolutely. So and I, I think yeah. that's so special, you know, I mean, I'm sure that's been such a struggle that you've, that, you know, you've dealt with all of these hardships and maybe weren't dealt the best cards, but you're using them in such a positive way that so many people are going to be able to benefit from because there's so many people that struggle with the same things and, yeah. and you get to be, you know, this light of, of, Hey, I'm I'm here with you too. Yeah. I I deal yeah. with this too. It's it's really really special and and uh, I'm I'm so thankful. Yeah, I get to be a, a part of that and be on this and be on this podcast and and be a part of that mission. I, I'm just so excited to connect with you. You know, when we connected at the airport and I talked to you about the, be audacious and the blog and the the podcast and the mission and. I went to vulnerability right away and I talked about anxiety and performance anxiety and you just mm-hmm. right off the bat, you just were all in. And I was like, oh man, she is mm-hmm. everything we thought she, 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 she was and, and more. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this as well. You know, my mom has a great quote when I was in a really bad place, I was having issues with my antidepressant in, and, um, I'm not, I'm not on any medication right now. So that's the other thing, you know, I tell people is that this stuff comes in waves, you know, you're, you're, you, whether it's an yep. autoimmune disorder, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, don't feel like just because you might need the help of an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant now means that, you know, like my, my blood clotting disorder, I'm on blood thinners for life now because I have this crazy rare yeah. thick blood. But 
our, our lives ebb and, ebb and flow, you know, they go up and down. And so yes. I, I just think it's so important to, to, to seek that help. And I'll tell you, you're not just helping young people. Your courage will help people of all ages and backgrounds. My mom told me when I was having uh, some challenges at the University of Montana getting off my antidepressant. I was going through something called SSRI withdrawal. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. You were nauseous yeah. and you had no mm -hmm. energy. And and I was really low. And my mom said to me, Mike, people who haven't struggled bore me. And and, and I tell people whenever mm -hmm. they're in that struggle, like this is a beautiful thing because this is where the transformation takes place. It's where the growth takes place. Absolutely. And, and it's certainly yep. going to make sure we're not boring. If there's one adjective in this world, I don't want anyone to use to describe me as boring. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you, you know, my, you know my, my mom's dealing with some health stuff right now. She's 72 years old and, and, and she's dealing with some anxiety. And I just shared an article about a 20 something year old athlete who was struggling with anxiety and shared her journey with anti-anxieties. And that gave my mom the courage mm -hmm. to go to her doctor. So I'm literally a 20-something-year-old mm -hmm. athlete having an impact on, you know, a 70-year-old woman yes. who's lived a long and beautiful life and written a lot of books and impacted a lot of people. Yeah. So, so your reach is, yeah, is I just so think, you, great. I think your reach and talking openly about this is tremendous. Um, is, is there, going into 2023, having the season that you had, you know, uh, could put more pressure on you or, or perhaps you're putting more pressure on yourself. Oftentimes it's a combination. It could be the parents, the sponsors, the friends. I think more often than not with people like yourself and certainly me, it's, it's, it's kind of self-inflicted pressure. Uh, I'm curious Absolutely, how yeah. you're going into 2023 as far as uh, how you feel like you're going to manage that anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I know, I know that uh, I'm going to feel those things and I know I, I want to, I want to keep an upward trajectory, especially like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, I don't get the pressure from outside sources. That's you know, beautiful. I don't have yeah. other people telling me you have to do this or, you know, you know, uh, you're going to lose these things or uh, any pressure I feel is usually coming from okay. myself. And, and I'm lucky, you know, Trek has been the same way. They say, uh, of course we want you to succeed and we're helping you. And we want to help you to achieve these goals, but they have my back through through it. No matter what, the pressure isn't coming from them. They're not telling me I need to start winning World Cups tomorrow. Uh, you know, they're just doing what they can to help me get to a place where I can achieve those goals. And um, and I think that offers a lot of it. It's so nice to to hear that from them and hear that from my family and my sport support system, because then I. I can, I can feel more confidence in myself because that having that outside pressure does it. It's not gonna, it's not gonna you know, it it's does, not gonna help anything. It's not gonna help. It's anything. not gonna make me it any more hurt. likely yeah. to. Yeah, it's not gonna make me any more likely to win World Cups. It's only gonna make me feel that anxiety and pressure and fear that only makes it harder for mm -hmm. me to accomplish those goals. So I think I think it it's just really great. I have you know that system around me if that's uplifting and not and not full of pressure and I think when I do have those moments of anxiety you know there's a lot of different things I I like to do you know if I'm feeling it really intensely I, you know there's different breathing exercises Absolutely. I like to do yeah, you gotta have your toolkit you gotta have your toolkit yeah 
yeah, the things to, you know, bring my heart rate back <laughs> down and keep me present. You know, I think, yeah, I really, really think that writing things down or talking, if you're feeling anxious about something, the best thing you can do is Cheer. to get it out because yeah. the more it's in your head, it's just, the more you're going to yeah. keep spiraling yeah. and yeah. building off of it. And you're going to just feel that in your chest. So whatever, whatever the way that you can get it out, whether that's going to someone trust that you trust and, or writing it down. Cause sometimes it's not even that you need someone to give you advice. It's just that you, you need just need to, to get, get it out. out. <laughs> that's what something yes. sub, sub <laughs> I shared with my mom last night and she started giving uh -huh. me advice. And I just said, mom, I don't need advice. I know how I'm managing this. I'm good. <laughs> I I, I'm good at creating space. I'm just saying I have this part that feels worried about anxious about this, yes. you know? And so, yes. yeah, I think yeah. Th that, that it sounds like you are, learning the art and perhaps mastering that art of creating space. I think that's a big part of mental toughness mm -hmm. is acceptance. Yeah. I think being able to create space from those undesirable feelings, you know, those, those mm -hmm. feelings that make us uncomfortable, you know, um, to, 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 to not, yeah. not ignore them, to not ignore them, to check in with them, to make sure that part yes. is heard that you're checking in with it. Yes. But, but, but also then to, you know, like Kamaya, Kamaya, my daughter will say to me right before a race, and we do a lot of what's called parts work, uh, IFS, it's internal family system. And it's essentially that we have these, we have a true self, we have a wise mind, and then we have all these parts. And parts work would say, you have uh, an anxious part, but that part is not Gwendolyn Gibson. The parts work is pretty powerful, though. It's pretty, pretty profound, you know. Um, you know yeah. Again, it's essentially saying like that, that anxiety isn't Gwendolyn Gibson. That's just a part. And maybe mm -hmm. that part's louder for you than for others. I often say, you know, we're all going to go through some stuff. Some of us go mm -hmm. through, some of us go through more than others. It just is what it is. You know, our circumstances matter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, our circumstances matter. Yes. Some of us have more challenging circumstances than others, but it's up to us whether we let it define us or not. But the parts work says you got to check in with that part. You don't want to just ignore the part, mm -hmm. but I always talk about the need to create space at times. So when Kamaya'll come up to me before a race and say, "I feel slow in the water," right before she gets on the block, and I'm like, "We'll check in with that part after the race, but you can't create space for that yeah. part, that part right now. Let's create space for that capable, confident, uh, courageous." competitive part, the part with clarity and conviction right now. And so yes. uh, yeah, it just yeah. seems like something that you do innately as far as creating space there. Um, you know, yes. before we hit some rituals and routines, um, how big of a target or a bullseye for you is punching your ticket to Paris 2024? Uh, I, it's a really big goal of mine right now. I, I would really, really love to to make that 24 Olympic team. And, and I know it won't be an easy feat. You know, mm. we only get two spots That's and so we crazy. have a lot of, yeah. really strong I know we have women. so many yeah. strong elite women in the U S so, so, um, yeah, I recognize that it, it's a difficult task, but that it's a re that it's also within my reach. And so, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make that goal a reality and uh, I, I also recognize there's a chance I, I won't. The, yeah. the opportunity for failure is there, but then, you know, maybe then 28 is, a, is my next goal. Yeah, so, yeah. you so got plenty of time. Yeah, so yeah. I, I do, yeah, it's a sport where, you know, you really don't peak 
until you're 30. And yeah, I'm only 23. So I would love for it to happen uh, in 24. But if it doesn't, I'm still hopeful that I will accomplish this goal. I I know, I mean, I've been saying since I was 16, 17, I'm going to go to the Olympics. And it's just something I can really feel is, is something I'm meant to do and something I will accomplish. And, and so, you know, however long it takes, I, I know I'll get there. Uh, I, I, I love that confidence. I love how reachable it is for you. You know, I, I tell the athletes I work with, you know, often they get tired of hearing me say, be hungry, but be humble. You know, be hungry and mm-hmm. be humble. And you clearly have this hunger. You've got this fire. Um, you're a fighter out there. Uh, but but I, I'll tell you, it took 15, 20 minutes at the Denver airport to just see this humble grace in you. Um, and I, And I think it's something that, I believe was on full display watching your rise all year. I think it's why so many people believe in you. So many people are, are, are cheering you on. So many people are champion the Gwendolyn Gibson cause. And, um, you know, in, in my performance coaching, I talk a lot about controlling the controllables and there's four areas I, I like to have athletes and performers key in on. And that's our attitude. I believe that's something we can work on every day. It's going to go up and down, but we mm-hmm. can work at it. Our actions, that's you changing those rituals and routines when you couldn't, when you couldn't pursue the ones you really wanted to be doing. But those, those are your actions. It's it's not just thinking about something and talking about something, but it's doing. Big believer that you know our our rituals and our routines and our habits are are ultimately a huge part of who we are, and and it's certainly our success. Mm-hmm. And and are those in line with our our core values, um, with with who we are and who we wish to become. Um, and then effort, mm-hmm. effort, you've mastered the art of effort. You know, I think we can always put in a big effort, you know, and then it's perspective. It's keeping things in perspective. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we can't, I like to say that we can't be our best every day. Only mediocre people can be mm-hmm. their best every day, but we can do our best every day. If you don't have a great night's sleep yes. or, or you're not in having good recovery, you know, you might not be your best that day, but you damn sure can show up like like you do and do your best every day. So I'm I'm curious what that looks like for Gwendolyn Gibson because you really seem intentional and mindful and grounded in your desire to not just show up and do your best on race day, but on Thursday, January fifth, twenty twenty three, every day. Tell me tell me about that, how that resonates. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that resonates with me so much because I think that is, I think that's so important. And if you want to, for anyone who's striving for big goals, or if you, if you have some, something that you're trying to get to, then it's having that uh, perspective and an ability to, to show up and do your best with what you're given every single day. That's what brings you to that, to that big goal, that big achievement is, and, and you're not going to feel, like you said, yeah, 100% every single day, but you can, you know, do do your routine, do all the things that make you feel good. Even if mm-hmm. it, it might not mean not every interval se- yeah. session, I can't hit my best numbers every single interval session. It, it's just not reasonable. It won't happen. But I can do my warm up, my proper warm up before every interval session, my visualization. I can make sure I'm fueling myself good. And getting the best rest that I can, which sometimes doesn't mean it's the best rest I've ever gotten, but I can do 
everything in my power. Those are your to, actions. To make and, it the best it can yeah, be. Yeah. Those yeah, are your actions, actions that are yeah. in line with your goals, in line with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, with what you'd like to achieve and become. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think routine is really important because that, that keeps you, your routine keeps you accountable. Like, and it, and it's, and it's not from anyone else. It's, it's coming from it's intrinsically. It's, 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 oh, and I, this is, this is what I do every day to bring me to here. And Mm. this is what makes me feel good. And I know that these actions will bring me, you know, closer to my success. And even if it isn't a perfect day, and sometimes your routine because of life, it's uh, it's a routine. Yeah. And, so and you adapt, you, you adapt, adaptability. And yeah. Acceptance, and adapt, adjust, yes. reload. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little, I, I love yeah. hearing somebody who's so accomplished. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm always preaching habits and routines and rituals. I'm a big believer in rituals too. If I'm you, I get mm-hmm. some sweet grass and sage and I burn that July 29th <laughs> each year Absolutely. just to honor and celebrate. Like to me, life, life is hard. Like life is challenging. Um, so much yeah. of life is out of our control. So many of our circumstances just are what they are. And life is challenging. And so when we have something worth celebrating, big or small, I think we, by God, we got to celebrate it. If it's a sip of cold brew that you just really enjoy, like celebrate that. But when you have a big mm-hmm. accomplishment, like so many uh, of your accomplishments in 2022, I, I think you d- you can't just celebrate it in the moment. You have to honor it and ritualize yeah. it. And so honor it and, yeah. and lean into it, lean so can, into it. You can feel, yeah. You, cause then you can feel, you can feel the success of that day. And, and I can, you know, I can use my feelings from that day on a day where I'm really not feeling good. I can visualize and take myself back to that moment. And that might make me feel better and things like that. That yeah. day, that day will give you courage on the bike. It will give you conviction on the bike. It'll give you it'll give you wings. It'll give you the confidence to know mm-hmm. I can do these hard things. You know, I can do this. Is, this might be hard yeah. today. This might be challenging, but I can do these things. So, tell tell us. Let's just talk a little bit about routines. What's what's a morning routine on a day like today where you're going to jump on a jump on a podcast? What's your morning routine look like on just a daily basis? No races involved. Yeah. So. So I think especially, uh, yeah, if I'm going to do something where I'm speaking or, or just in general, I, I really enjoy slow mornings. So then oh, I, I want to wake up with enough time to give myself the freedom to not be rushed. So on a day like today where I have, you know, something planned and I want to be awake and alert for it, then, then I'll set my alarm a little bit earlier that day. And I, yeah, mm. I, normally I might make a coffee at home, but I thought, you know, since I wasn't going to be riding this morning, I'll, yeah. I'll walk and go get a coffee, you know, nice. have the fresh yeah, air the, and, and something that, that wakes yeah. me up. And, yeah. yeah. And start thinking about the topics we're going to touch on yeah. today. And, and so that I can be present when I jump on the call. And then, you know, then when I get off this call, transition yeah. back into my routine as an athlete and I'll yeah. do my warm up for my training ride today. I get to, I I'm going to ride. I, I coach uh, this this girl. She races for the high school here in Grand Junction. Okay. She's just 15. Uh, and um, I'm going to go ride with her today. And I'm looking forward to that. And, <laughs> and then when I get back, I'll, you know, uh, you know, have my pause, my lunch and 
and then I'll go to the gym and do my next training session. And, and when I come back from that and I go through all of my, you know, recovery rituals, I'll stretch and, and roll out. And before bed, I like to have, you know, tea. I like to take Epsom salt baths and things that help me sleep better. And, and yeah, it's, 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 pretty it's pretty much the same as and that's pretty similar to most days where except for maybe normally I would have made my coffee at home and and uh I would have rode earlier but and I get to but today I get to do a podcast which is so great and and exciting too it's nice to add that as a part of my day I love that you called the recovery aspect I mean to see a young athlete so focused on the recovery a ritual you talked about your recovery rituals I I think that's I think mm-hmm. that that's brilliant. Um, so as far as this being your second year as an elite rider, how much, without getting too much into the details, how much has your uh, mm-hmm. training changed since since the, the times when you were a student and working and training, and now it seems like you're able to go yeah. all in, and I'm guessing you're do, doing some some more uh, aerobic base and, and really build more base work here, which I, th- I would think is going to only enhance those those efforts in the hour and 20 minute XCO races. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because w- when I think back to um, when I was in university still, right, I was a full time student uh, and, you know, I worked as an intern in our performance lab. And then I also worked at this place called Main Street Bagels. Oh, and then wow. at night I drove DoorDash. <laughs> this was oh, so Gwendolyn. I could afford to, you know, That's iconic. do my, yeah. the, it was a lot. And, but I, and it was, it was a struggle, but I wouldn't change it at all now because, because I appreciate the, I appreciate how that I can slow down my life now when it was so fast paced and rushed all the time. And also, you know, now before my training was squeezed into my day because that's how it had to be, or I wouldn't have been able to get to the races and, and that's okay. And, 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 uh, you know, everyone has a point in their life where it's just a grind every day, but that's so that you can get to a point where, where you have more ease and, and stability and it teaches, it, it teaches you to be a hard worker. And, and I appreciate so much what I have in my life right now with, with Trek and, and that I can call myself a professional athlete and that that's my profession and I can make a living off of it. You know, none of that would be there if I didn't have that grind period. So, and I appreciate it, you know, so much more. Uh, I think that if, if I didn't have to do all of that, I, if it just came easy, I don't think I, would have as much appreciation for it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So um, now you've got now you. So, oh, it's just to say now you've got uh, your, your your recovery rituals. Uh, and not too long ago, it was DoorDash recovery. It sounds like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. At night, I would have yeah. like it would have been so nice to just stretch yeah. and go to sleep. You but take I an absence all bath. Know, yeah. I had other. Exactly. Like I didn't have the time to do those things that not only do I enjoy, but they make me a stronger athlete. So now, so it's not, I definitely, I have the time for, for more training and I'm definitely, you know, I have time for more base even than last year, but I think even more like sometimes it's not that I'm doing so much more training. It's that I, it's a headspace. Yeah. It's that I can absorb the training that I'm doing yeah, better because I'm not up till, till I'm not up all night, you know, 
driving around yeah. doing deliveries. <laughs> I'm I'm that going is to so sleep insane, Glenn. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But but um, I love this blue collar. So, the, the the rise of Gwendolyn Gibson is so blue collar. I love this. But I I well, and I I love it, and that's why I hope that's why you know the same way. Uh, you know, the fact is that some people just just have it easier. But what's yeah. nice about having a struggle is that then you can be empowering to other people. You can yes. show that you can still be successful even with a struggle. Yeah. And so that's what I'm. I'm thankful for, for, you know, my journey, you know, all parts of it, even when it felt really difficult and I was going through really hard times, I'm thankful because now I get to share that story and, and hopefully that's going to inspire someone to work really hard for their goal, whatever it is. Even if it's not in athletics, yeah. they're going to, they're going to know uh, if I, if I work really hard and, and push myself at, that's a t- my goal is attainable, even if, even if I doesn't seem like I was born into it, you know. Uh, I'm I, I I'm gonna really be telling. Thing. I can promise you, I'm gonna be telling the blue collared uh, Gwendolyn Gibson story when I when I'm speaking to high schools and athletes and what have you. So yeah, I think that is that is so raw and real. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful story. That's a beautiful story. With, with that said, let I me l- that, l- yeah. let me ask you, how do you keep it in perspective? Like, how do you? again, I, I'm just, I've been so impressed with, with how grounded and intentional, um, you, you are in your approach and how do you keep in perspective the fact that like, you know, being a, a professional mountain biker, as you said, you, you, you're not going to, you don't peak until your early thirties, 32, 33. And, mm-hmm. and it's a dangerous sport with some, with some exposure. Um, and so injuries there, are, yeah, injuries. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, the big thing I, I hope for you, I wish for you is health, you know, is health and, and that you, yeah. you know, inevitably we're all going to experience injuries that you just continue to bounce forward mm-hmm. with, with, with that determination and that, that grit and that grace. Um, how, how, how do you keep all this in perspective as far as just the privilege it is? Uh, clearly hearing about your, your background and, and where you've been, I think you actually already, you already answered the perspective piece, but as far, how, how much of your identity is wrapped up in being a professional mountain biker, mountain bike racer? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think what I identify more with than just being, you know, a professional mountain biker or a professional athlete is that I identify with being someone who works really hard for the things that they're passionate about. Mm. Like we, like you mm. said, or I'm, I identify with being passionate and with being driven and with being motivated. So mm. when I'm not a professional athlete anymore, That's... I will put all of that passion and drive into something else. And, and I think that's, that's how I've always been, you know, with school, I wanted to, I had to be the student that had all A's and I wanted to be the best student. And, and then when I was an athlete, or when I'm an athlete now, then I'm putting everything I am to be the best athlete I can be. And then one day when I work, you know, in the sports science field, I'll put everything into that. And, and I think, um, I think something that is important to put into perspective is there's going to be a lot of different phases in your life where the center of your life is maybe something different, like what is taking up most of your time and being okay with that center changing Uh, so that when I'm not, when I can't say I'm a professional mountain biker anymore, 
I don't lose my sense of identity and I still know who I am and I, I can still enjoy my life and, and, and enjoy things. So I think that's how, that's how I keep it in perspective, find other things yeah. that I identify with. That's profound, Gwendolyn. I think you are the embodiment of this, this phrase that I use in, in, in my, my second book, Be Audacious. I call it PPP, the power of purposeful passion. Passion is great, mm-hmm. but passion without, you know, I always say purposeful passion. Passion's great, but you can still get lost. You know, you can still get lost mm-hmm. with passion. The, the, the purpose aspect really, it's like giving us a compass, giving us a map, you know, and, and just seeing how the conviction, the courage to go all in on things. I have no doubt the successes that you're having right now on the bike are going to translate wherever, wherever you go. And I think you seem to own that and kind of know, know that within. And that, man, that's a, that's a special gift. Uh, that's a special gift for, for, yeah. for, for anybody. Two of the things I'm going to be the most excited to share with my daughter and some of the younger people I work with that I coach, as far as your story is going to be the blue collared free rise of Gwendolyn Gibson, the, the, the door dash, um, and then the anxiety, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I think that, that, that's going to yeah. resonate with so many people. Um, if it's race day, do you got to go to race breakfast? Like, is, do you have a ritualized or routine race day breakfast, a go-to, or do you like to switch it up? Yeah, honestly, I, I typically have pancakes. pancakes <laughs> yeah, nice. usually, yeah, I usually do have the, the same breakfast. Uh, is Yeah, pancakes. It's just easy. Straight that up pancakes? Or, I used to do oats, but... Yeah, well, I like to put like Greek little syrup, yogurt, and yogurt. On top. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, so we don't we don't use syrup. Yeah. We, we're, our our Sunday pancakes are yogurt with strawberries mm-hmm. or blueberries on top. Yeah, and we throw some chocolate yeah. chips in there too. Super. Yeah. <laughs> yes, same. I yeah. do that too. Yeah. And and I think I think uh, yeah, I think also maybe that's a um, a misconception maybe about an athlete's diet is that. Uh, there it's is so room clean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you train <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah, it doesn't have room. to be, yeah, we, we get off the crusher exactly. and the tusher. I don't there's eat it. Room. I don't eat at McDonald's very often, but when I got off the seven day BC bike race and had a 14, <laughs> like, 14 hour drive home <laughs> to getting home at 3am yeah. to Bozeman, I stopped at, Kamaya calls it Miss Donald's, you know, after the crusher and the tusher and Beaver, Utah, yeah. where there's nothing to eat. We rode through McDonald's, you know, and went, and went big. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, how yeah. about, uh, pre pre race rituals? Do you have any, like right before the race, any, uh, you've talked about the positives, some of the positive self-talk, the positive visualization. Um, do you, do you like to write something on your, on your top tube? Like, is it, do you have any other pre race rituals as you're getting ready to perform? There are, I mean, I go through, you know, my, yeah, my normal morning routine. I have my breakfast, I'll stretch, I'll do as it gets closer. Uh, You know, usually the night before I'll do my, I'll pin my number and and lay out all my bottles and, and lay out my goose. And I like to ride out, um, you know, my race plan, you know, it's pretty loose because a lot is up to chance in a race, but but sometimes that just looks like um, when, where on the lap, every lap am I going to drink water? Where am I going to take my goose? And and what laps are gonna, am I going to have my goose on? The stuff that's in control or, or yeah. th- re- go through, like visualize the course and the lines that I practiced and 
which lines are really important to hit every single lap. And so then when I come to that section every lap, I'm, I'm, it keeps me present to think of, oh, that's where my line is. I need to, I'll just ride that. I ride my line. I, I keep smooth. This is where I drink my bottle. This is all those little things help keep me present. And so you're and so really, I like to ride yeah, it out and, you're really locked in. You see hyper-focus, a locked in. I, I love that yeah. approach. Yeah, I think what I think structure is really important for yeah. me and routine is is really important for me and and so I do my best to control the controllables as much yeah, as I can yeah. and and then I can deal with the uncontrollables a little bit better cuz at least the rest isn't chaos. The structure <laughs> that those those races especially the short track look like total chaos and so the structure yeah. gives us stability you know it gives us some stability yes. in an unstable world which allows me yeah. yeah which allows me to feel steady and calm nice. when uh so much uncertain things are thrown at at me well, and, and that's you know that's a skill that is I can use in my racing and then I can use in my life also. And that's not to say I don't do it perfect every time. Obviously. No. I mean, I say I, I struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with depression. So I feel the really lows too, just like a lot of people do. And, and it's just that I'm, I'm constantly working on ways to pull myself out of those negative spaces. Not that I don't experience them. Just, so I know I figure a positive way to deal with them. You, you have clearly, I call it heavy lifting. You've clearly done the heavy lifting because to share what you have about the anxiety and for me to describe you as a racer as steady, strong, calm, patient. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you certainly, you look unflappable out there on, on, on the course. So you really do a, a beautiful yeah. job of, of being present um, and intentional in that moment. All right, let's let's hit the rapid fire here, Gwendolyn. We got to get you on. I know we got to get you yeah. on the bike, so we'll just we'll just run yep. through these. Um, what does the phrase "be audacious" mean to you? I think uh, to me, being audacious means taking risks on yourself or taking mm -hmm. big chances and and not being afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it means to be audacious. Is is to yeah accept that failure is is a possible outcome yeah. but doing it anyway i love that i love that so much uh, i'm curious yeah. what what's motivating you most these days i think um i'm i'm a very intrinsically motivated person mm, i think so yeah. for me it's it's really rewarding to uh get done with a really hard training session or a really hard training block or week and I feel such a sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. when I when I do that even on the days where oh, I mean I just wanted to sleep in a little yeah. longer it was cold out it maybe it's not it's not the most fun thing to ride when it's 30 degrees out but when I come back I feel so accomplished and that's what motivates me is is uh that feeling of accomplishment after I did something hard Oh, that's beautiful. I love, you know, I, th I think those of us who are intrinsically motivated, motivated, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good trait. It's a good trait for somebody who's ultra competitive mm -hmm. like yourself. And, um, yeah, just, just appreciate your, your approach. I'm curious, um, what's your yeah. relationship with the bike look like right now and how's that evolved over the years? Yeah, I think that's one thing that's actually stayed pretty steady through the years okay. is that 
writing is my stress release. Yeah. And even when it, that's why I feel so, I feel so lucky that my job is my stress yeah. release. Yeah. I, that's what makes me, it doesn't feel like training or work because 99% of the time getting out for that ride is the best part of my day. So I just, I just have so much love for, for the bike. And even when it's not training one day, I'm, I'm still going to love getting out for a, for a bike ride, whether it's on the road or mountain, obviously most of my passion is yeah, on the mountain right. bike, but, um, just cause I, I think, um, yeah, it's such a good feeling to be out in the mountains on the trails and it's, yeah, it's, it's it feels like my feeling. home. Yeah. It's the best feeling. I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send you a piece I wrote a couple of years ago called love the ride. And essentially I, I, I spoke yeah. about how the bike is my, it's my refuge. It's my antidepressant. It's my, uh, it's, yes. my, it's, it's my therapy. It's my Ritalin. Yes. Um, it, it's what helps me to focus. I feel like it makes me a better dad. You know, I'm just my, it's my wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what gets me deep into yes. places that, you know, my hips may not get me right now, you know? And so yes, it's, it's, I uh, love that. yeah, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a sacred vessel. Uh, I believe um, mm-hmm. what's one thing, what's one thing you're really grateful for right now in your life, Gwendolyn? I think, um, what I'm so grateful that I have right now is, is stability. Stability. Uh, yeah. Cause I think, you know, stability. going and talking about, of talking about, you know, some of what the last couple of years have, have looked like for me with so much uncertainty and, and, uh, and now I, I have this sense of stability that I haven't had in a long time. And that's in, you know, stability in my career, stability with my relationships, with my, with my family. And, and I, I can see, you know, I have a clear perspective on where I am and where I'm going. And, and I value that so much. I, I feel really thankful to have that right now. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to ever be somebody who puts any pressure on you, but, uh, to think of what you've accomplished in the face of all that instability and uncertainty, to have the year you had last year to bounce forward from that injury in the midst of all that instability regarding your team. Uh, yeah, that's, that says a lot. It speaks, it speaks volume. What was your favorite destination on the world cup tour last year? Just actual place. Uh, I think, I mean, Switzerland is so beautiful. Mm. So Lenzerheide, yeah. I yeah. love going there. Uh, the mountains are just so beautiful. It's super green. I really like going there. I said, what was your favorite course? What, what course suits when we're looking at this year, when we're circling the calendar, uh, what one or two favorite courses do you have a big, big circle on, uh, for 2023 that I am, I'm, I'm excited to go back. This one really suits me. Yeah. I think, um, I've always loved this course and it's been my favorite a long time. I think a lot of people would agree with it, but I love nobody messed up and I do think it suits me really well. I haven't always had the best of luck there. Okay. Uh, I've raced there three times and two out of the three I've had flats and mechanicals. And, uh, and um, yeah, last year, nothing really went wrong in the race. It was, it was okay. I, I actually just blew up a little. Okay. <laughs> I think I know, I know I'm capable of a really good race on that course. And I also, what's nice about it is it, it just has such a good flow to it. So even on like, uh, like last this last year when we raced there, I wasn't having a great day physically, yeah. but I was still able to like to get in a good flow and 
and be present. And even though it wasn't my best result and I knew my body wasn't necessarily like on the same page as me that day, I still felt it was a good race because I was present and I rode smooth and I, you know, executed everything that I could in my control. So I'm excited to go back there. I know, I know a good result yeah. there. Is just, it's, it's good. It's been way in the bank. And it's yeah. our first stop this year. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's always an early one. Um, well, we'll be looking forward mm-hmm. to that one. We'll be looking forward to that one in a big way. Yeah. What, what do you think people are genuinely surprised to learn about you or something people might not uh, get right about you? I think a, a common uh, misconception about me is is maybe that things are easy for me or, yeah. or that uh, I don't have struggle. And maybe mm-hmm. some of that is just because social media, a lot of the times you're presenting mostly the good things. So I, I hope, you know, when I can do podcasts like this or, or touch on topics like this on my social media, then people can see, you know, everyone, even people who have experienced success have experienced failure and struggles Struggle. and that it's yeah. not easy all of the time. Yeah. So, so I think that's, that's, uh, that can be a misconception with, with anyone you don't yeah. know is yeah. that, is that, oh, it must be easy, but it's probably wasn't easy. Yeah. 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 Well, I think anybody who gets to listen to this is, is going to hear that it hasn't been easy. It's taken a lot of fortitude. Uh, this is definitely the Gwendolyn Gibson rising has been a story of fortitude. Um, what would you tell your 15-year-old mm-hmm. self at the tender and wise age of 23? What would you tell your 15-year-old Gwendolyn Gibson? I would just say practice patience the best mm. you can because I, I haven't yes. always been uh as patient with myself as I am now. And I think especially when I was younger, I wanted all of the success right away. And, uh, and it, you have to, it takes time and it takes building and, and it takes years of work to, to reach certain goals and, and to just be okay with that. Uh, for some people, things will come earlier. And for some people, things will come later. You have to be patient with yourself. But I would tell myself that. That's a, that, that's a great answer. I, you seem like somebody who really, you're all in on your process. You seem to really trust your process. And I'm sure that took a lot of patience to, to get to that point. You know, process takes it's, patience. It's learned. Yeah. Uh, what advice yes. would you give? What advice would you give a young rider as she's beginning her mountain bike or racing odyssey who may not have a Gwendolyn Gibson engine who's just getting started? Yeah, I would say... I would say, you know, a similar advice is what I of what I would tell myself when I was younger is is uh, really embrace the process of trying something new, whether that means you're just learning how to ride a bike or that means you're just you know how to ride a bike, but you're just learning how to race because that's a completely different thing also. And that it takes time and and there's going to be a lot of learning moments before you have your successes and and uh what we we touched on this earlier too is is don't just celebrate your big wins celebrate all of the little wins along the way like if you if you just crush this descent that you used to struggle with you hit that line yeah that line you're so scared of you hit that that i love yes yes Mm -hmm. you got to celebrate yeah there's 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 things to celebrate within within the game within the day you know, it's not just yes. the on, yeah. only only one person gets to stand on top of that podium. Only three of the thirty to forty women yeah. get on that podium. There's a lot of victories there with, within the race. There's so many, 
so much victories within the yeah. race. Exactly. Like when I think of even in, in lens or Hyde, I didn't win or even podium or wasn't even in the top 10, but I got to celebrate coming back from an injury. It was yeah. still, oh, there were still things to celebrate. And for, for, you know, every single, uh, women that stood on that, on that start line and finished that race, there's something that they could find to celebrate. I'm sure there's so many wins that happen in just the one big win. There's so yeah. much vulnerability in just being on that tape, being at that line, being at the start, yes. you know, I think just takes, making it just, there. just being That's a there win. shows just all the hard work and the courage and conviction of, of putting yourself out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Where can people learn about you? Where can people learn more about you? How can we follow you? How can, how can we support you? How can we support Gwendolyn Gibson? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, the main, the really only the social media platform I'm active on is Instagram, but okay. I, I do share a lot of my story on my Instagram and, and, I, yeah, and I'll be sharing, job. you know, my, my race journey. I'll, I'll share the highs and lows definitely. And in the process of, of training in between racing. I like to show that as well. Um, so yeah, my, my Instagram is just at Gwendolyn Gibson. I can't thank you enough for sharing this time and space with me today, uh, Gwendolyn, for joining us here today. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, I can, I can assure you, we're going to be celebrating you. We're going to be cheering you on from Bozeman all season long and for many seasons to come. And I hope your trip to Spain is all time. And Here's to a season where you ride strong and you ride smart and you ride safe and swift. And I wish you uh, nothing but health and personal fulfillment this season and beyond. Um, I'm really grateful that you, you took this time out of your schedule to, to make this connection. Uh, and I'm confident mm -hmm. that, that when we get this conversation out there, that your story is going to inspire and uh, impact and uplift a lot of people, a lot of listeners. So um, we're going to make it our mission to get it out here to as many listeners as possible. Uh, so thank you, onward mm -hmm. and up, upward, Gwendolyn, and uh, we'll look forward to, to to being in touch. Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate you having me on and and um, giving the space to touch on these topics. And yeah, I think I I hope it's something a lot of people can uh resonate with i i really feel like uh so many little things had to happen uh for us to be in the airport and and we were meant to do this podcast for sure i believe we were meant to make this connection we were meant to to do this podcast and uh we're, we're proud and and happy to be on on team gwendolyn from afar so uh that's a wrap yes. that's a wrap on another episode of the bounce forward podcast with nothing but love i'm michael leach Ride those waves, my friends. Ride those waves. Keep treading water and just don't quit. Until next time, dig deep, lean in, and stay true. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, visit the episode page at beaudacious.com, where you can also dive into my blog, my books, and my performance coaching. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify 
and we'd love it if you'd leave a review or comment. And if you've got something negative to say, I'd be grateful if you'd give me some grace and shoot me an email as I'm a work in progress, as is this podcast. And please spread the word. Share this episode or any other that resonate with family and friends, and let's grow and become our strongest and truest selves together. That's it. Ahoy ho, my friends. I appreciate the love and support. Until next time, head up, eyes forward, feet moving. This episode was brought to you by Kitch Walker and Company. We couldn't pull off today's show without the support of Kitch Walker. Kitch Walker and Company is a strategic planning and consulting powerhouse here to help you grow your company, sell more, engage your customers, align your team, and tackle the impossible. If you're ready to supercharge your results, visit kitchwalker.com.